What's going on, guys? We're back with the Diablo Immortal Podcast, actually called the Immortal Podcast. I do that every single show. It's episode seven, and today I'm here with my good friend, Captain Nemo from the Scrappy Academy YouTube channel and Dread Scythe, a Diablo 3 veteran, someone that can give us some of that insight to the uh, old school family of Diablo. We're going to be taking all of your questions today inside of this episode. Plus, we have some points that we want to discuss as well. We got about an hour to talk here today. So make sure you get any of your questions in the chat down below, either on YouTube or on Twitch. And if it's here, if you're here watching as a video, you can always let us know in the comments section. Moving on to Nemo. What's going on, man? Good morning. How you doing? Morning, Echo. Morning, Echo fam and everybody. How's it going? I'm super excited. We're back with a Mortal Podcast. We got Dread on the hook to answer all kinds of questions for us. I cannot wait to hear from him. He's an old school Diablo 3 fan. He's been playing for a long time and I can't wait to chat with him. So let's get going. How's it going, Dread? What's going on? Uh, I'm doing good. Uh, thanks for having me on the uh, on the podcast. Uh, always good to uh, be on other podcasts and be on new podcasts as uh, you guys have been. Um, other than that, uh, you know, besides uh, tons of work this past week, uh, I've been better. <laughs> so uh, this is a much better experience to be looking forward to over the weekend. Oh, good, man. I'm glad to hear it. We try and have a pretty laid back, chill environment here, but at the same time, answer questions that the community is waiting on. And I mean, Diablo Immortal compared to other games that are out there that there's podcasts on is a hot one because there is a lot of questions and a lot of people ask the same questions. When's the game releasing? Will it work on my phone and all those types of questions, which we'll probably dabble in again today as we do every episode. But I want to start off by asking you, Dread, because we've already heard from Nemo on this topic a lot, but you are primarily a Diablo 3 player, as you said, for the past nine years, because you should you should probably actually take a second and tell everyone what you do and why you're here, why you're so important to be here. But after you tell everyone all that great stuff, let them know how you honestly felt about Diablo Immortal. So a little a little quick review of the game, comparing it to Diablo 3. Did you like it? Did you not? That kind of stuff. So tell us who you are first. All right. Uh, well, you know, name's Dread Scythe. Um, to make a very long history short, uh, basically, I guess my overall viewpoint uh, with Diablo 3 especially when it comes to community management and all that kind of outreach stuff has always really been, you know, trying to facilitate either communities or places or, uh, you know, finding people and trying to help them uh, advance themselves really. Uh, so for like my first website way back in the day, uh, I was able to get a sponsored Ventrilo server back, back before the, in the dark days before discord was free and you had to pay for your uh voice chat and everything mm. uh build like entire guild sponsorship we had like almost two dozen guilds almost 300 people using a server so that was really a, a cool thing to have right before diablo 3 itself launched and then as reaper souls came out i was more uh even in the early days I was involved with Blizzard, you know, when Bashyok was our uh, temporary uh, CM, if you know that name. Uh, you probably, most people probably remember him from the WoW community management side. Um, but, you know, just keeping up with uh, Blizzard, you know, working in the betas, working in uh, feedback, uh, when the, and eventually coming almost to uh, now when the Necromancer came out, uh, working on uh, some... I guess you could say private events that they had for uh, content uh, creators as well as media, as far as, you know, testing things out, asking questions about the Necromancer, the videos. From beginning to end, my thing has always been making sure that the community has a good shepherd and making sure that really people feel like they matter. Um, that's been, that's become my charge in this community. So, you know, you won't see me streaming. You won't see me making a, a lot of content videos like, uh, Nemo and Echo here do, um, but primarily my thing is just making sure people take taken care of in the community. That's what my default role has become over the last nine years. So with that, all that out of the way, um, my honest viewpoint of Diablo Immortal, and as far as it being, you know, how good is it uh, compared to Diablo Three, and then you know, as Diablo game as a whole, I could sum it up in two ways. There were two hidden bars. They were, um, I guess, uh, 
yeah, two hidden bars that Blizzard had to hit with Immortal. Was Immortal going to be a good game? And when I say good game, I don't mean mobile game, a good game, period. And was it going to be a good Diablo game? Those are two very different questions with two very different results. And in my eye, Diablo Immortal is a good game, period. And it is a good Diablo game, period. Mobile does not need to be thrown in there as a tagline. It does not need to be thrown in there as an asterisk. Diablo Immortal is a good game, period. And it is a good Diablo experience. Nemo, I I think we got him, man. I think we're we're actually pulling all of these PC guys into the the mobile gaming life, man. And and Dread said it beautifully there because and this is something I've been saying for a while that no one really can believe me on because they're just taking my word. But Diablo Mortal is not just a mobile game. It's it's a game that's being built as as a, a PC or a console experience. It's just being done on the mobile platform. So Dread, you had my back, man. You said exactly what I've been saying. So thank you. But I'll let you get back to any last uh, words that you want to say on that topic, on the experience. Maybe, you know, anything else that you want to add? Because I did kind of cut you off. I'm sorry. Yeah, no no problem. Um, I mean, it's really hard to quantify because I think what Nemo and yourself are experiencing with, you know, uh, Echo, you released your video about, you know, the haters and everything. A lot of us who've been living and breathing and... I wouldn't even say so much defending as much as like just nowadays we just shrug people off who just bash Diablo 3 for the sake of bashing it, even though they the last time they played it was probably in vanilla before all the changes of Repro Souls, let alone all the content patches since then. I mean, Diablo 3 now is nothing like it was at the beginning of Repro Souls, let alone the beginning of Diablo 3. So we've been used to the people who are like, oh, it sucked back then, it sucks now, or it's not D2, so why should I bother? And now with Immortal, it's that same argument. So I was like, oh, it's a mobile game. We don't have to worry about it. We're just going to bash it. But it's like, it's a full-fledged experience. I mean, getting from 1 to 45, let alone 60, took me three days. It's like in Diablo 3, it's a two-hour experience to get to max level. And then when I think about how much of the game, and I'll keep it short just so we don't go into other territories. It's like Diablo Immortal, you know, if I could just put like that third point, you know, besides the first two, it's like Immortal is the is Diablo 3 at its maximum potential. Because even though there's a lot of things in Immortal that you could say maybe were pulled from or took heavy... Uh, influence from Diablo 3 any kinks in those systems any like misimplementations of them were actually corrected iterated on a couple more times and just made to work better with other systems so it's inherently a a better um, game I would say than Diablo 3 now you'll have the the top tier Diablo 3 people go like oh but like this that third but at the end of the day, Diablo 3 is get to 60, get your set, get your supporting legendaries, grind, 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 grind. There's nothing really <laughs> more to it. Diablo Mortal, at least, is variety. And we don't even have everything yet. So that's why I'm looking forward to Immortal, so I can finally do something new for a while and uh, go on from there. Yeah, that was, a, that was a great point that you made there as well. Very good points you actually dropped, but we only saw a portion of the game and I, I don't know if it's half of what the game is gonna deliver, if it's three quarters, if it's a third. I'm, we don't really know because we're not told, but I mean, some of the stuff that we really didn't see yet was was a big example of the PVP. We saw that one event that would pop up every hour or so, but we didn't see the full PVP experience. And now you mentioned that um, that I brought up that haters video. I also brought up a video on my thoughts on multiplayer and what I'd love to see in Diablo Immortal. And um, really curious to see what direction they go in. And honestly, I'm curious to see what they have built already because we didn't see much. And this is gonna bring us to a few topics today, actually gonna be out in my video tomorrow are when do we actually think the game is going to come out? And uh, when it does, what do we think the PvP experience is going to look like? So we'll get to that a little bit later in the show. But Nemo has been quiet over there for a little bit. So I'm going to hand the mic over to him. Either Nemo to add on to anything that you heard Dredd say or to pick up a question that we may have had come through the chat. 
Sure, that sounds good. Uh, well, I do have to echo a lot of stuff that Dredd said. Um, I really love the fact that there's so much more stuff in Immortal, right? Like he, he mentioned with Diablo 3, you go through, you get your set, you do the grinding, then you're done. Uh, right now, I'm almost done with my Mondanugu, with my Witch Doctor. Still playing, but I'm almost there. And But with this, we got so much more stuff, and we haven't really seen... That what From what we heard, we haven't seen a lot of the end game. There's like a lot more stuff that, that's coming, so it's pretty exciting. Now, I have some questions for Dredd. There's some people in the chat are wondering uh, what kind of Diablo player Dredd is. So two questions for you. One, what is your favorite Diablo 3 character? And two, what's your favorite Diablo Immortal character? Um... Okay. To be fair, okay, there um there was a podcast for Diablo 3 called The Shattered Solso. And uh the the former host of it and I we shared a extreme dislike of the Wish Doctor. <laughs> so that <laughs> so it was like so sorry in that, that regards. Um but Maybe the reason the reason why we both hated the Wish Doctors is because we were elitist wizards. So oh. we were like so yeah, so, so I love the wizard. Uh, the only fact that I haven't played the wizard more is because I would switch to the demon hunter just to take a break because, you know, for the last upteen seasons with the wizard, it's like, okay, this is like the 12th version of an Archon build that we're playing. Okay, this is boring. Let me at least go to like DH and do something new. <laughs> and, then, and then you remember Vault doesn't go through walls and then you're just sad when you can't do that. Um, so for Diablo 3, definitely the Wizard is my favorite class. And I will say this. For right now, the Wizard is my favorite in Immortal, but that's because with the Tech Alpha, I don't, I didn't have as much opportunity to play, so I focused on one character so I can do more at the end game, do more testing, get more feedback. Um, but the, D, the DH looks like it's a lot of fun. Everyone says, like, the Monk. The way everyone's praising the Monk, it's like it seems like it's like a real sleeper character yeah mm -hmm. that's how like my impression I, and i take i take that on, on my shoulders right there i feel like the community is following me on that one i love the monk i thought it was such so such a good class and it's funny because you and nemo both love that darn wizard it was my least favorite class in the game but with that being said it was still great it just didn't fit my play style we've discussed that but it was it was amazing i the wizard the immortal changed my life I think I feel like it changed my life as a as, as even as a D three player because as I went back to D three I did start playing the wizard because I never really played the wizard most of the times so I was mm -hmm. kind of like a barbarian to be honest with you I wasn't really a witch doctor until season twenty two as uh, I did see that Mundanugu Spirit Barrage build and I was like man I don't want to try that I never really played with the witch doctor so I started playing with the witch doctor I'm like man I love the witch but I, I feel like every every character I play with I'm just like oh my god I love this character um, yeah. in you know, in general, the wizard immortal really awoke the wizard in me, so to speak. So three, let's start playing it. It's such a different play style. And maybe I liked it because it was kind of hard to level at first. Maybe I came from a barbarian, which is straight up, you know, melee in the face, yeah. like in there, spin your axes and just scream and yell. I tried that with the wizard and I insta died. So <laughs> it was kind of fun to see, like, oh wow, this is a Totally different playstyle. This feels like a completely different game, in fact. So that really what kind of drew me first to the wizard. But I feel like once I got higher and higher, I really started enjoying some of the classes. And I feel like the synergy between the skills, it's really, really cool. The wizard is one of my faves for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, just like a brief add-on. Uh, I did play all the characters at the first BlizzCon demo back in 2018. And at that point, I was thinking like, wow, I may actually play Barbaro for once in my life. So without experience, I, I've never forgotten that. Like, so there's always an opportunity that I may go back to playing Barbarian or play Monk or, you know, when the Necro and the Crusader or finally I may play them, even though I've never touched them in Diablo 3. And I think uh, just a, a difference is in Diablo 3, it's like, okay, you have to get set, you have to understand the affixes, uh, which, like how much cooldown do you need or how much uh this one do you need how much and everything it's a it's a lot more um finite it's a lot more dependent on your luck on your gear which with immortal it's more about this about the base skills because again like i said they've been able to iterate on diablo 3 systems that they've pulled over 
I made them better, I made them more interchangeable, so you're not as penalized for not having this piece of gear or having this property that you can just experience the class for experiencing the class, which has been something I've been tooting for a long time in Diablo 3, is that when you have a game that essentially for the last four or five years that becomes balanced by item versus balanced by class, you're always going to run into these hidden issues that aren't apparent at first. They are correcting that wholesale with Immortal. Yeah, I love to see it. I actually, I like seeing crossover from things from past Diablos in Diablo Immortal, like the borrowing of assets and stuff. I think that it's good. I mean, we're in the same the same storyline of this game. I think that borrowing is natural and I think that it should be done. So it has that that feel like you don't want to lose things from Diablo 2 as we're making the story in between Diablo 2 and 3. I think that it's it's good. And I also love that I was not a fan of seasons in Diablo 3 only because I don't like making progress and then it being basically done at the end of the season. And yes, I still have all of that if I want, but then I'm not going to grind it because I'm going to be grinding a new season, a new character. So I love how in Diablo Immortal, you have your you have your characters you build and then they're not reset or irrelevant at the end of a season. So I was so happy to see that seasons are not going to be a part of Diablo Immortal, at least as we know of right now. Remember anything that we're talking about, it's tech alpha, they could change, but um, it looks like there's not going to be seasons in Immortal. And that made me excited, but... We have a question from Nine that just came through. He says, do you guys think raiding with multiple full groups of players content would fit for Diablo Immortal? So do we think that would be a fitting feature inside of Immortal? Nemo, you want to take that? I would love to take that. Nine, that's a great thing. I think actually, uh, uh, we talked about it a while back. I think it's a fantastic feature. So uh, for anybody who doesn't know, like raid would be something that you would get in with multiple players. So, or I... I it would be cool to get six. Like, in anybody's played the Destiny, you know you could do a six-man raid team. And what a raid is, it's kind of like basically a dungeon, but it's longer. It has stages. It has usually mechanics and maybe some puzzles and things like that that you have to do as a group together to get through, unlock things, and move to the next level, the next level, and then finally get to the boss. And usually a boss has some sort of a crazy mechanic. This isn't something that you can beat by yourself. Even like when some of the dungeons we've seen, like uh, Leviathan or some other people who have high level, got a lot of gear, went in and held two difficulty and just solo the dungeon. This isn't that type of thing. In a raid, there is no way that you can do this by yourself. I've done this a lot in WoW and a bunch of other games, so I would be really, really excited to see this. I'm not sure how it would fit into the mobile scheme of things. That's something that I actually could have a throwback to you, Echo and Dread. What do you think about this? Because this could be a, a longer activity. You know, usually. I mean, in my experience, raids usually last about, I'd say, an hour, you know, sometimes even longer, right? I've grinded with some players and done it, like, all night. So it really depends. But so I think it would be fantastic. I would love to see it. Let me throw it back to you, Dredd. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, uh, the initial knee-jerk reaction is, like, you know, you kind of get that that, that little weird little, like, cringy face because it's, like, raid and then you think diablo it's like how do these things work however you know you get over that initial reaction and you think well immortal is geared to be an mmo rpg yeah, that's its angle that's where it goes the open world the way it works so it's already that way and that's the way it's being directed so having a raid system in there i believe is perfectly fine it just has to be, I think, as you were saying, uh, set up in such a way where it still feels like you as an individual in a party of, say, two parties. So say, like, eight people go in, you know, two parties of four go in. That you still matter. Like, yeah, there's always going to be the elite groups where, you know, a person or two can get carried in a group. But where you matter because you have to do something. Um for those, like, like a quick example, because uh, on the topic of raids, my biggest thing has not been so much do they belong or don't. I'm trying to think of like, how can they make raids clearly defined compared to dungeons? Because, you know, WoW terms or MMO terms, a raid is just a bigger dungeon. You know, you have a bigger boss that does bigger damage over bigger areas, maybe some sub things, but it's really not too much different than a dungeon. So now that we've played uh, the tech alpha and we've seen dungeons, 
how are they going to make raids more advanced? They have to add in, and I think that's where they're going to have to add in more environmental mechanics. And for an example that, like, for those who've played Diablo 3, when you're going, or even actually in Alpha, when you're going in for the Orc, I think it's either the first or second, before the first or second boss, you know, those uh, four pillars that kind of light up and they spawn a whole bunch of skeletons, yeah. and you go there. Think of something like that, but Leoric is the boss, and those uh, four pillars are just there, and they're just spewing out skeletons. So you need to have a group on the orc to knock him down, and say at every uh, 25%, one of the columns gets blown away. But you need a group to kill the skeleton, so there's a group that can work on the skeleton cane to get him down. So you need two groups doing two different things, and that's something that one group can't do because they don't have enough they would never have enough damage or enough healing or enough defense to survive all that so the intricacies of how they make the raid bosses how they make the raid encounters how they get more environmental effects in there that's going to be the real distinction if raids really will be raids in diablo immortal or just going to be souped up dungeons and that's going to be something we're only going to know when they finally let us see it and or test it that's a that's a good explanation and breakdown of it. I and I think honestly, this is a good segue here to talking about other types of PvP elements. And when we think of Diablo, Diablo 3, the multiplayer experience is you teaming up with friends and taking on the environment. But we also know that this is this is difficult to support for long-term play. You're gonna have your diehards that are gonna do that and do it like you guys in Diablo 3 for years. But it's gonna it's going to not support the the people that aren't as die hard into the game. But PVP is the answer to that. We've we've realized this over the last few years when you think of especially shooting games, battle royale games, things like that. Content's always new because your gameplay experience is always different because you always have a different opponent in PVP. So it's forever exciting and forever changing without the the developer needing to bring new content, although they can new new characters, new skills. So I've highlighted a few PVP modes that I would love to see in Diablo Immortal. And let me explain how I want it to be. I don't want it to be where you have a pop-up event, you go engage in a battle with someone because of a pop-up event, the way that we saw PVP in the Tech Alpha. I think we need to have a direct lobby. So basically your game is the the uh, campaign open world experience, you have dungeons and rifts, and then you have PVP. And PVP would directly be a lobby where you would queue up in the lobby either with your squad or solo, and you would be matched with opponents that are uh, that are like skill, either, either, meaning um, your levels will be about the same. So if, if they do decide to use gear and have that gear be used in PVP, you'd be matched with people with equivalent gear. Or they can go the route where you go in with, with your gear means nothing for PVP. And this is my favorite way. You go in, you would choose your character, you choose the skills for that character, and you choose your gear. You would basically have loadouts, and it's all available to you in PVP. You select your character, you go in against your opponents. I think that it needs to be a separate matchmaking system on Diablo Immortal. And I think that having that element, which is very different to what Diablo has seen in the past, and I understand this could be controversial, especially to some people that are veterans of Diablo, but I think that that is going to be what takes this from being a, an action MMORPG on mobile to being a, a whole new experience that has a better chance of climbing the charts and being one of the top games. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna present to you a few game mode ideas, um, Dread and Nemo as well, even though Nemo and I have talked about this before. You tell me which one you think would be best if it's if it's suitable it could if it could fit inside of diablo immortal so um the first one that i had was a battle royale mode where there's about 100 of you you drop into the world with nothing you slay demons in a pve element and then you you gear up and then you take down your opponents for the last man standing i don't think it should be called battle royale by the way i think that it should be called something different for a darker world so we have battle royale mode uh, your typical 4v4 or 5v5 team deathmatch or solo deathmatch type modes. And then I would love to see a war mode where you can schedule war events, your guild versus another guild, literally 150 people or as many as you queue up, dropping in 
and just having an all-out war to see who would win. Those are my favorite game ideas from some of the most popular game modes right now across gaming, mobile, console, PC. Do you think any of those models could work in a Diablo game, specifically Diablo Immortal? Um, the first one, uh, for sure. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, and actually, to give you a real-world example, mm-hmm. uh, not not with Diablo 3, but with uh, Path of Exile, um, they did they did something similar to that as an April Fool's joke, mm. and everyone and and everyone who played it loved it, but then they turned it off because the servers couldn't handle it. Oh man! <laughs> See, that's like, after the, like after the event, it's like they did it as a joke, but people really loved it, and it's interesting because that one out of the three, I think, is the most appealing because. Us, I don't want to say us Diablo 3 players, but like us action RPG players, some of the best times that we have is when we're leveling, as long as mm-hmm. the leveling is not played out, you know, artificially. Um, because every piece of gear you're looking at it, every piece of gear is an opportunity to level, you're constantly getting that upgrade, you know, satisfaction. It's only when you hit max level and the upgrades start slowly start petering out and you start plateauing that you start losing interest because you're not getting as many upgrades and you can go a day without an upgrade, a week without an upgrade, a month without an upgrade. And then your willingness to continue playing starts to falter because of it. Mm-hmm. But if you're put in an environment where, as you say, like, you know, say there's like a special area, like a, that's designed and like, you know, say for realistic server purposes, like say a max of 50 people are dropped into a zone and you just start killing um, mobs and you go in, you kill a mob, you get this upgrade, and all of a sudden you see, you see like two people like working. It's like alliances like kind of come together and fall apart, especially if it's like universal uh, mob tagging. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter who tags the mob, as long as like you get a spell or a hit on the mob, you get credit and you'll get gear. So like you can have like it, it almost becomes like Hunger Games essentially. Mm. Like can like come together and group up naturally and then once it kind of gets to them they just start like turning on each other but that would be the ruthlessness and the dark and the gothic nature of diablo immortal itself being in between Diablo 2 and diablo 3 so i feel that would be the probably the most realistic and probably the most engaging form of pvp they can do because uh doing like a death match you know type deal while it, it's standard issue and everything like that, mm-hmm. if it's not balanced really, really well, you're going to have always whoever's the top team is always going to win and then who's going to do it. And then, uh, but the war, the, your third option, it's really interesting. It's just a matter of could the servers handle it? How many people could you realistically say? It, it, it's always this constant struggle of, player ideals ideas versus the practicality of it it would be awesome if it could actually be done but i don't know the practicality of it but the first idea is probably the most exciting because it's a new because it's a new experience every time and that the replayability factor Mm -hmm. of it the accessibility of it the you learn from your past mistakes like it's it's like a roguelike in a way so that means the game never gets old. And then you can have people who just buy the game and literally just play that mode if yeah. it's set up the correct way and don't even touch like the main story, don't touch uh, CRs, don't touch Elder Rifts. They just play that. And then it kind of becomes like a Fortnite situation. Here's this whole freaking single-player game, and we're going to ignore it, and we're just going to play this, and this is going to be the moneymaker. So yeah. who knows? Yeah, and, and something that's really cool about that, a way that they could monetize that it's free. I mean, Diablo Immortal is free. You could play all of it for free. But the cool thing about the Battle Royale mode, which in my opinion also is the strongest multiplayer option, is when you're a winner, you're put up on this pedestal. You're shown to the community as you won. And that's when you get to show off all the all of the custom customized items that you've purchased, the gear that you may have unlocked. And where in Diablo Immortal, as we saw in the tech alpha, there was no way to show off your stuff, really, you know? There was no way to, okay, I won this. I'm going to show the community, like, all my cool gear. 
It could only be if someone wants to inspect you during the game where the, the battle royale or any of these multiplayer experiences, you win, you get that, you get that spotlight time and then everyone can see, oh my God, he spent a hundred bucks on that helmet. Like, you know, he's, he's an OG, look, he, he bought that helmet for a hundred bucks, you know, and like, that's where you could really show off that stuff, but none, it'll all be cosmetic, but it's a great way to sell cosmetics, which doesn't give any player advantage, which is another monetization route for the game. Um, Nemo, you're, you're a big tech guy. These servers, I mean, a hundred, they're going to have 150 person guilds. Doesn't mean you have to have 150 person wars, but coming from clash of clans, right? War is the, it's what made Clash of Clans survive the the amount of years it's live. It's because people come together, they go battle other clans. I love the idea of just getting my clan together, you know, and, and queuing up for these wars, dropping it. It's basically like the Battle Royale mode. You're dropping into a world probably with nothing, or I don't know if you're going to be geared up for that or not. It's something worth discussing, but it's the same as Battle Royale, except for 100 people dropping in you know, free for all, you're going to have, uh, you know, 200 people dropping in against, you know, one team versus the other. Can servers handle this? I mean, I, I know that you know a lot about servers. Am I stretching it? Is is 200 people way too much? Or what are we looking at? No, not at all. They can definitely handle this. In fact, I bet you they can handle tens of thousands. I'll be honest with you. Now, can you can your phone handle that? I mean... If you do the phasing and all that stuff, you probably can't. But, you know, you touched on the idea. I'll just jump back for a second. Um, you touched on the idea of the third option being the, the war, the clan war, right? Mm -hmm. that's, I think that's a really cool idea, especially coming back from, from the World of Warcraft day. So I played WoW. And in WoW, just to quickly kind of talk about it, you actually can do a bit of a more, even higher level than just clan versus clan. So it would be cool, right? You, go, you, you log on and, you know, you're in there and then you're going against some other clan and some of your buddies are hitting you up on the phone and they're like, oh, there's a fight going on and, you know, we're getting attacked. We're, our clan is getting attacked. And that's, of course, is going to, you know, cause hell and, and you just raise kind of everybody's going to jump on to jump in because you're going to want to defend your clan. Right. It's going to be super fun. But how about we take it a step further than that? Let's get to a 30,000 foot level. How about in World of Warcraft, there are different factions. So you have Horde and you have the Alliance. I don't know if anybody's actually played World of Warcraft, but I've been involved in the three-day wars. Three-day <laughs> wars on a specific place where, like, someone from Horde, if anybody's played, but wow, you know, like, there's a Horde, there's a Horde, like, it's a faction. So there's a Horde and there's Alliance. And they're not, they're against each other, but you don't, technically speaking, have to fight each other. So there are zones that are specifically Horde, there are zones that are specifically Alliance, and there are zones that are in the middle. And sometimes, Somebody always starts a fight. And I'm telling you, <laughs> in three days, everybody on the server is screaming, Horde is attacking us, come on. And everybody in the alliance is getting up. And I remember, like, jumping into the fight, going in and just fighting. This is all max level. So it doesn't really, you know, scaling is a bit different in World of Warcraft versus Diablo. But it was super fun. And log off, you know, like, go to sleep, wake up in the morning, jump in. They're still fighting. There's thousands of people. It's so fun. That would be a really exciting thing in, in Diablo Immortal, in my opinion. So, so what we just learned right now was Nemo was involved in a three-day war, which instantly tells us that he has no children and he's probably a single guy. So ladies, if you're looking for someone that's big in the Diablo world, Nemo could be your guy having that. I mean, Dread, could you do that? I mean, I know that I could never be involved in something that intense. I don't have the kind of time with my family. How about you? No. <laughs> My wife would kill me. My manager, I was sick during that time, okay? <laughs> he was sick, okay. He's off the market. All right, good point. So I think that PvP, to sum the PvP discussion up, and while I do this, Nemo, I'm going to ask you to grab another question from the chat. Maybe, I saw that um, we had one. Uh, I'm sure you could find some. but Yeah, there's, there's a bunch. PvP is going to be the longevity. I bought Call of Duty forever. I was a huge Call of Duty person. The first couple of years I played the campaign, then did multiplayer, and then Dread, I ignored the campaign. Where all of this money went into creating, I ignored that part of the game. And I only cared about the multiplayer of a lot of these games. And then, you know, if you become a huge fan, like for me, Gears of War, I would play the and I'm wearing the shirt today, and I would play the campaign because you, you love the story and you want to do it. But really, you're buying these games for multiplayer, and to think that everyone is going to care about the story of Diablo, the leveling of Diablo. Well, that's going to satisfy your action RPG fanatic audience for sure. We're going to love that. 
but you have we're, we're going to mobile where it's hundreds of thousands of people i mean it's the yeah. biggest platform a lot of people could care less about grinding they just want to drop in and fight people and that's what's popular nowadays so i feel if if a mortal could do that in some way that's fitting to the brand because you don't want to stretch it too far out where you you sell yourself out either but offer something i think that this game can go from being the best action rpg on mobile to to being one of the top games on mobile because it's just going to be that that crazy and and this is what blizzard's looking to do they've they've mentioned as have many other developers that they're looking to take their titles to mobile so we could expect things like world of warcraft this is all speculation uh overwatch things like this on mobile but mind you if overwatch comes to mobile you will see an echo gaming overwatch channel that will be amazing um but you know this is this is their this is their start this is what they want to do so they can they can come they could they could stake their ground they could say we're coming to mobile this is just the beginning of the amazing sauce that we're bringing so i think pvp is answers the longevity play to get people from downloading it and playing it for a month to people downloading it and playing it for years i think pvp is the big part but nemo i, I told you i'd pass it back off to you because we we kind of uh beat the pvp element to death let's move on to another uh point sure well, there's there's a, a a rapid fire of questions, but we can answer a couple of them real sure. quick. So, uh, will there be cosmetics in the game? Yes, they did they did state that we will have cosmetics. We don't know what kind, but apparently there will be a bunch of cosmetics, so we can answer that. We do not know when the game is coming out. Hopefully, we hear some more about that during BlizzCon, which of course is in February. So stay tuned for that. There was a question about I like what skill building. So let me actually throw that over to Dread because. As a Diablo 3 player, it would be kind of interesting to see what his idea is of the skills, how you upgrade them, and uh, can you also talk about, if you want, we could talk about it together, uh, about the charms, because that's sort of like an ad from versus Diablo 3, right? It didn't really have the whole charm spot. We could talk about that as well. Um, and just to be clear, like skill building, like like the individual skills or like interactions, like legendary gear or kind of just the whole thing. Individual skills, like as far as like, how would you, you know, how would you build them in this year? Like by playing them versus uh, upgrading them, skill tree, etc. cetera. Um, yeah, I mean, well, how the skills are, like the skills are there and then the skills level up as you level up. So certain skills will be, you know, I, I think... Um, like magic missile at, by the end was like like rank 14 and electric Q was like four but the damage ranges match up so it's if you had to kind of put it to it um think of like an older school kind of like dnd diablo one older school wow kind of perception to it where the skill ranks are kind of locked into your levels um but uh, as far as like building the skills and how you get adjust the skills, I mean, naturally, like legendary gear is where it's at. Um, and I like how, in for the most part, uh, for I I don't think I got everything for the wizard, but I think I probably got about like a good I could say probably a good ninety percent of all the legendaries for the wizard. Oh, and man. most of the legendaries really had a good impact on your skill. Like uh, I ended like tech alpha actually using disintegrate and disintegrate if you know what i mean it's everyone knows if you've played D, you know what disintegrate is basically arcane beam channel death beam etc etc but then i got the shoulders that turned it uh, into fire damage and then added a fire dot on top so you were getting fire damage plus more fire in the form of a dot so it was like bonus damage so like great and then i got the pants that um give you the three smaller beams that hit uh, the closest targets. So Disintegrate went from like a real, like how to really like place yourself in front of all of the enemies to make sure you weren't getting whacked from behind to now if you had one or two guys behind you, those three smaller beams took care of the guys behind you as the main beam was taking care of the 20 to 30 guys in front of you. And then when you laid that upon the other the other major interaction that a lot of us wizards figured out was the firestorm between uh, laying down a scorch or a meteor because meteor worked it was just a much more finite time wise, and then using a arcane wind on top of that to blow it up, it was always even though it may seem monotonous and mundane to do that you know a hundred two hundred a thousand times 
it was always satisfying when you ever you got the combo off because he knew you got your max damage and you knew you weren't you were doing your best so like lay down your scorch do your two or three tornadoes or your columns uh of arcane wind and then you just went and then i would jump right into the fire disintegrate and just annihilate everything and then it was like good old-fashioned mage cutting go build up another group of 20 30 mobs use the teleport with the the head legendary that that put the dummy there so the dummy would hold the aggro at that spot so they wouldn't reset as you set up your position then you do it all over again it be, kind of became an assembly line and the more you did it the better you got at it so the skill so we could talk about skills a lot uh but just in brief the skills for the witch i feel are really good the ones i pulled uh naturally if one or two of them can be made a little bit better or more importantly i think since the skills are good if they could like where the disintegrate you know was a charge up or ray frost was a charge up it hit really hard and then it was on cooldown for nine seconds that felt really bad or like the meteor or the scorch radius was increased by 20%, but it had really nothing else to it. So it's like, it's more like a fat finger syndrome. Uh, <laughs> like, Oh, oops. I, I misplaced it, but it still did the damage cause it's bigger. It's like, yeah, okay. We can be a little bit more creative with what those are. Um, but overall the skills and how they interact with legendaries, uh, is great. Um, I didn't and, catch that legendary, the one where it placed the dummy. That was the uh, that's when you did the uh, teleport skill, right? Yeah, that's awesome. See, that's what I feel like with a lot of these things. I was driven by what kind of legendaries I had because the regular skills were cool, but when you can manipulate it with the legendary and get it something to be like even extra cool, that was really awesome. And then I even tried to take the skills that usually are synergized with each other. And when you manipulate them, change them, and they would change the whole overall effect, which is even cooler. Like that's I love the wizard for that. I haven't really seen that with many other and then the monk maybe, but I haven't really seen that with many <clears> other classes. Yeah. I'll I'll tell you, my favorite thing about the skills is is a pretty simple thing. And it's just that they all level with you as your character. So you don't have to choose uh -huh. a couple of skills that you like. So we all have our favorite skills, right? And you in in previous games or other games you would choose that skill and you'd level it up as high as you can or level you know do something like that and then when you say okay this skill is getting boring or maybe there was a nerf or balance changes then you have to go to a new skill and level it all the way up and, and you tend to just stick with the same old because you're leveled where here as your character levels your skills level too and when you get your max character your skills are all max and you can interchange them easily i feel like Blizzard did a lot of things like this inside of the game to prevent you to, from having to do unnecessary grind. Skills being one of them, the other one being weapon upgrades and gear upgrades. If you get your primary weapon upgraded to level seven, I mean to level five, and then you realize, oh, I just picked up something better. You could swap it and transfer that level rather than having to grind a brand new weapon because that would suck. And I mean, that's something we're so that people are so used to in the past which again makes you say, do I really want to switch this weapon? But being able to just automatically switch it, they took unnecessary grind out of the game. They kept the fun grind in the game. And uh, yeah, I, th I think that was done well. And then one more thing to add to that, as they did all of that, I really like the whole end game aspect. Like they did take the grind out and kind of made things a bit more fun, right? but they also added the end level grind for players that want to get there. So in this case, for example, yeah, you can upgrade your skills, right? And get them to the highest level and then you're done. You're sort of, that's it. That's the skill and you're good. But now there's a 13th uh, gear spot that's available on, on yourself and you can add it. That's a charm. Mm -hmm. And what does the charm do? As you get a charm, uh, there's a whole, it's like actually like a really high end grind. We could talk about that, but basically in a, yeah. a, the highest level, it allows you to upgrade those skills even more. Like you're able to, for example, if you're a barbarian, you could roll a charm, they'll give you plus one on your whirlwind or plus some. I mean, the thing with the charms, though, is it, it's, it's not class specific. So you can roll five charms and they'd be like for a monk, for a wizard, which is kind of hard. And that's where you got to reforge and do a bunch of other stuff. But in general, you can upgrade those skills even more with the charms at the end if you want to. I kind of really like that idea. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, like, it's weird. It's like, a actually coming back to echo uh like looking at your 
Legendary Crest uh, video, and then uh, actually both of your videos associated with Legendary Crest, and then going through like the pay to win video and going through there. It's like my mind was actually put more and more on ease the more and more I thought about Legendary Crest, the more and more I thought about Legendary uh, Gems, as far as like the whole pay to win aspect. Because if you would ask me like a week ago, I would say Legendary Crest, Legendary Gems were like my top concern. For the game because it's the only real quote unquote pay to win aspect of the game. But my number two has always been number charms as far as a concern because like it seems like such an outliner system for being so draconian and like punishing or just outright not forgiving because you get a charm, you can get skills from any any of the seven uh, any of the six classes. And then you have to get up to a rank five to convert it to a uh, a skill rune, and then you have to build up another one. And it takes nine days to build up a charm because you have to get the base charm, and then you need components from eight oh. more charms to get there. So in the course of a month, you're going to get three. If you do it every day, you're going to get three rank five charms, which is already kind of punishing. And then if you get one good one and you want to start building on top of it, when you take the skill rune and you go to Imbune, you get one shot and it's random like a slot machine. And it just feels horrible. <laughs> <laughs> so so it, in the feedback, when I was talking about charms, I wrote in like, look, can you give us like three shots when we do the Imbune process? And to kind of go with the whole gambling aspect, Say there's a skill rune that that we want to uh, basically imbue from. You know, we're going to go to the marketplace or one that we built up, and it has like that last skill. Like, like if I'm a wizard and I have like arcane win, I have scorch, I have disintegrate, and I have teleport, and I really want, um, say, uh, frost armor, and I have a uh, skill rune that has frost armor. But it's the only skill on there that would even be good for my class, and it's the only skill I can actually use. So it, let me have three shots at it, or let me actually forfeit one chance to remove one skill from being picked. So if I give up two tries of the three, I can eliminate two of this of the skill bonuses. So now instead of being a 20% chance, it's a 33% chance of getting it. But it's my choice, and then there's still at the end of the day the whole slot machine mechanic, because at the because it's like charms. I feel in a weird spot because when you think about it, if you get if you get a decent charm with say three out of five skills, you're probably going to hold on to it and build on it. But then if you get another charm that has another three out of five skills, you're probably going to hold on to it. So there's this weird break point. Like, well, this one's good, and it, so it's going to be really hard to get up to have fourth or fifth one, not because of I would say grinding per se, but because you're fighting RNG, there's no way to really pick it. And I feel like the charm system is like really the only system in Immortal that's a little bit more uh, draconian and punishing than it really needs to be. So I think that's to the point where I put it where I've brought Legendary Crest down and I've brought charms up as being tied for like number one concern in my eye. That's interesting because I haven't I haven't heard that that point of view. Um, I agree that I honestly as well don't think that legendary crests are that big of a deal. At the end of the day, they only affect top players pushing leaderboard. They're unless if it's used in PvP, which I I hope that it doesn't. Um, I, I don't see it doing much more than that. And let's let's and I've mentioned this before, but if you play Clash of Clans, a new town hall level comes out, so you go from town hall thirteen to town hall fourteen, let's say. All the people that are trying to be competitive, whether they're in esports organizations, whether they're pushing leaderboard, they are going to go out and gem that entire town hall level, spend the money to have a max account that next day because they want to compete. It's no different. And really, it's paying to progress instantly rather than taking your time and upgrading to that point. So as long as the legendary crests don't put players somewhere where free-to-play players can't get in a reasonable amount of time, I think it's fine. I think it's a mechanic that... You know, you will be able to compete there. You just got to grind your way to get there. These players, if they want to, if they want to pay to get there on day one, let them pay. But for for people that want to not pay or pay a little, maybe just buy the battle pass, which is going to be amazing value. You know, they'll get there. Just take them a couple of months. So I think it's fair if it's not 
getting people to a point where others cannot get within a reasonable time. So I don't actually have all that experience with the charms because like I said, I went through all the characters in the game and I didn't really dive deep into one once I got it to max level. So my charm experience was uh, not as on point as yours. So that was a great discussion point you brought up there. So thanks. Mm -hmm. I made my eyes twitch because I have three of the good ones and two of the bad ones and I'm OCD and I can't look at my charms and see two barbarian or, or well, I have barbarian <laughs> monk and three wizards and I was just like my eyes were twitching every time I was like, no, no why even though it was like plus one I mean it's not really like that big of a deal but yeah Wyatt and team were were really uh twitching me over there <laughs> um I a lot of it's first of all it's really great this podcast is great because as I'm looking through chat, I'm realizing, you know, us three, me, Dread, Nemo, we, we take for granted because we basically understand everything that Diablo Immortal has. Like, we played it extensively. We get it. We know what's there. But I remember day one, and maybe you guys too, when I got the game, it was like, wow, this thing is massive. There's a lot to learn here. And after one day of playing, I cannot say that I understood everything inside of Diablo Immortal, that I was able to to effectively explain all of it to people. And now we're sitting here talking, we understand it pretty darn well, but everyone that we're talking to now in a video or live stream, they haven't played it. So uh, it's it's cool that we're able to kind of dive in and, and spend a little bit more time trying to explain this stuff, which it's still hard for some people to understand when they don't actually have it in their hands to play it themselves. Mm -hmm. But it'll all kind of come together when they finally do get the game and uh, and can take the things that they heard us saying. They're like, oh, I remember them talking about these skills. I don't need to worry about leveling this thing up. I'm going to be able, it's going to level up with me. And things, concerns that they may have had, they can think back to us. And, and we could be a little someone sitting on their shoulder, reminding them they have our support along the way. So I guess what I'm doing is saying this podcast is awesome. And that's a reason why. So uh, thank you guys for helping me with that. But Nemo, oh, oh, Dread, I had another question. Did you play sure. on a phone or on a tablet? Just curious, when you talked of that fat finger syndrome. <laughs> uh, I played on my uh, iPhone X. And uh, for me, and I, uh, I put this in my uh, video feedback that it was, I played, like I didn't do anything special. Like I, I played with, as I will show, uh, I have a utter box around this thing so you see the, the thicker edges now normally you th and this is where it kind of gets like interesting because like pc player playing diablo 3 and now you're going to play an action rpg on your uh phone like okay so what things do ui people have to keep in mind well when you're playing on a phone that has a, a thick uh basically uh you know case around it like the bottom action button, you know, the the radial buttons, the last one on the bottom and the top menu button were a little bit harder to hit because not because of the UI layout necessarily, but because of the uh, the case. So I put that in there, but I made sure it was like, it's not your problem per se, as much as it's something that almost never would have had to think about because it's like we play with keyboards it's not like we yeah. put like a case on our keyboards <laughs> mm -hmm. um that would be like the like the most uh similar kind of deal um but yeah i mean uh, i had i was fine playing on the phone it would be nice to have kind of like you know more uh ergonomic kind of like grips to go around the phone you know just for like hand holding purposes but it was fine playing like you know the two or three hour sessions and then you know the battery you get like the 20 percent battery warning like okay fine charge up let's go. well i mean welcome to the mobile gaming world Me, nemo and i we could direct i mean there are case companies made with triggers and everything for mobile games there's little control i should put a video out on this there's controller uh adaptions you could have to just put handles on your phone so it feels like uh like an xbox controller there's a lot of little add-on inexpensive things you can get for your phone because you're right your typical iphone case your otterbox box especially it's thick and it's hard to get in there on the buttons and without movable uh buttons in the game you may have to readjust the type of case that you use but and i i should probably team up with one of those case companies at this point because there are some that are really big mostly in like the the call of duty mobile world and the PUBG mobile world because of the shooters that that make yeah. cases for mobile gaming obviously it's going to protect your phone but it, it keeps in mind that you are actually playing on it 
So since you're going to be diving a little deeper into the mobile world, you may need to explore a different case option. And uh, I, watched, I watched the hell out of that video. <laughs> I, I got to make that video. I got to make it with affiliate links, of course, of course. Um, Nemo, anything else that we need to touch on here that we saw coming through the chat? Sure. There's a couple of questions real quick. Um, as far as the controls, they're super smooth and super amazing. So somebody mm -hmm. asked in the, in the chat. There will be controller support from what we understand. Not yet, but they are going to allow it. Remember, mm -hmm. in Alpha, they specifically targeted a certain set of devices. So somebody asked in chat, well, it, it might look a little choppy. There is a FPS mode, a high FPS mode that you can turn on. But like Echo said, me and him were playing on a three to four-year-old uh, iPads. They were mostly targeting higher-end devices with this test. This course will be expanded as we get uh, into more and more testing. So it will be much smoother. And if you watched it, uh, watched Echo uh, live stream on his phone, so on a higher end device, mm -hmm. that game looks amazing. I mean, it looks, it looks, it. I mean, it looks. I can't even describe how. I, mean, I, I looked at it on his phone. I was like, wow, that looks completely different. So if you can, maybe you could uh, throw. A, actually, that would be a good video, maybe to compare the iPhone to the iPad footage. That'd be kind of cool. That so would be a good idea. Have, there's very, very smooth footage there. The controllers are fantastic. And as far as the controls themselves, I like to play on the controller. I don't ever like the on-screen controls. And I love them to the point where I'm not even going to try the controller. I'll be honest with you. They were perfect. And I played it on an iPad. Yeah. yeah and if I could just quickly uh, add on to our last step, uh, when the tech demo came out in 2018, you know, they announced the game. And then at BlizzCon, they had all the stations set up. Um, <clears throat> I know they've improved the controller since then because when I first was playing uh, on the phones they had there at the uh, con, I was constantly losing my movement. Like my thumb was moving out of the, I guess, the gamepad area, and then my where my thumb was registering was kind of just getting lost, and it, it, you had to be really aware of it which took you out of the experience because it was more time focusing on where your left thumb was for the movement versus just playing the damn game. Mm -hmm. And with all the iteration mm -hmm. they've done, which is a key word, iteration is a key word that I have come to almost like say is like a holy word for the team because like iterate, iterate, iterate. Um, I noticed a dramatic difference in the two years since then because the gamepad was able to shift in different spots a lot smoother. Your thumb movement was held almost 100%. It was only when you moved your thumb way up on the screen that you maybe ran into issues. But from 2018 till now, it's so much better. And, that's just, and it was already good, and now it's great. Yeah, and... Sorry to totally uh, cut you off, but for one oh. second, as a new player, I did not notice the controls at all. That's a good point that you bring up. I, as soon as I jumped on, I put my hands on it, and I forgot that I even had to control it. I just played the game. Go ahead. And it's, it's, it's a different platform too, right? So for me, I'll play Call of Duty Mobile like a beast on the mobile controls, not have to look because it's, it's the platform I'm used to. But if you put me uh, you know, back on the PC with mouse and keyboard, it's gonna take me a while to get used to that again, or back on a controller. It's gonna take you a while. It's it's what you're used to. So if you're a console, if you're a um, a console player and you decide, you know what, I want to go to the elite way. I want to go to PC. You are going to suck for a while until you get used to the keyboard and mouse. Until you finally realize that it's more it's more precise. It's it's a better way for shooter style games. That's all it is. It's just getting used to a new way to control. Is it as easy? No, because you can't actually feel where you are, but your 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 brain learns it. I mean, I could text message on my phone and not look at where the buttons are, the same way people could type on their computers. And it's just what you're what you get used to. Um, so uh, we have a question from AWOL. Do you think they will add PC support officially? Now, you guys may know if there's an official answer, but I know from having discussions that they weren't um, they, they realize that they have a huge PC community that's going to want to play. I think it's going to be through emulator type systems, though, like a BlueStacks or something like that. Do you guys know if anything was mentioned that we know of about an official? Yes, there will. I mean, it's on BlueStacks right now. If you go to BlueStacks, it's, you know, the pre-order now, Diablo Immortal, it's there. Well, I, I know that when they were talking, when they were presenting it, one thing that they mentioned is that this, this is their chosen platform is mobile and they will stick with mobile. 
So, I mean, Boostex is a mobile emulator. It's basically a virtual mobile device. So that would work. Um, but I don't think that it would be coming like officially as a port or anything like that. Yeah, I would like Blizzard is very much what they say is what they mean. So Diablo and even expanding on Diablo itself, because like, you know, not to get lost in the weeds of like all the hate and everything. But for all the hate, for any different reason, whether it's Diablo 3 versus Diablo 2 or Diablo Immortal for being a mobile game and all that business or Diablo 4, like, make it more like Diablo 2. It's like, there's always going to be those arguments that the community is always going to be in a love-hate relationship with itself, let alone Blizzard. Diablo is probably the most active, fluid uh, franchise in Blizzard because it went from being a standalone box game with Diablo 3 to having its expansion with Rebirth Souls to them experimenting with DLC in the form of Necromancer pack. And then uh, when, and then way before that, they brought Diablo to consoles with experience, which brought Blizzard as a whole back to consoles. So that was like the second big thing that Diablo did as a franchise for Blizzard itself. And now they're, they're doing Diablo Mortal, which is their first real effort to make a triple a game experience and i feel they're they're on their way to succeeding at that goal for the mobile platform so diablo is probably the biggest brightest star really when it comes to blizzard because it's the most flexible it can do all the things and when you really think about it, if the rumors are true we have diablo 3 which is the current we have diablo 2 with its expansions being the past that's still active and supported we have diablo 4 in the in the workings and then we have diablo 2 resurrection rumors of coming and then we have immortal that's five diablo games yeah that's nuts that so so when it comes to um when it just comes to like the franchise and just being supported and everything like that it's like it's just amazing to see this yeah, great points there. And yeah, that's that's you know, five different games. I never even I never even thought of it that way. But uh Nemo and Dread, we're getting towards the end of the show. So I'm gonna hand it off, Nemo, to you to to make any closing points or if there's any questions that you saw that you want to just quickly tackle, we can grab that. I want to remind everyone that this live stream is going to be put in for some editing and uploaded to my channel a little bit later on today in case you miss some of it and you wanna watch through. We definitely had some good topics. So Nemo, uh anything that you want to say before we head on out for the day? I think we pretty much covered it all. We answered all the questions, had a lot of fun. I had a blast talking to Dread and you, of course, about <clears throat> Mortal. And I'm, I'm really happy that he's a, also a fellow wizard. More <laughs> wizards on our side, better. <laughs> Hopefully we'll all have wizards. Uh, but I had a lot of blast uh, talking to both of you. Let me throw it to Dread. Um, let, you know, always closing words. Yeah. Um, I mean, really, at the end of the day, I feel Immortal, as I said, is a good game period and a good Diablo experience period um and really at the end of the day i wouldn't get caught up for the people who hate it wait till it comes out try it free to play at least experience it and if you hate it at least you hate it for reasons uh for the people and more importantly for the people who are dying on the inside to the point where they may be losing hype for the game because they have to be able to play it it's coming the tech alpha came and went BlizzCon online is going to come. We're going to get more information, hopefully more systems, more the end game. Who knows? Hopefully we'll get the full shebang of the people who are in the alpha. We'll test the 46 to 40, the 60 experience, and they'll have a closed beta for stress testing on different servers with more people who uh, come from there. I mean, that's the holy grail. That's what I'm hoping for, looking forward to. We'll see. Um, but really, uh, it's a good, solid game, and it's being made by good, solid developers who've been around for quite a while uh, in the back end. Uh, not name dropping or anything like that, but it's like they've been around, they know it's good, and it's really showing uh, as we play the game and as we're talking about the game, places like this. So I'll sum it up with uh, thank you for having me on. It was a great time. Could yeah. always talk more. It was a and, pleasure to have you. Where can, where can people find you and what you do on the internet? Um, right now, I primarily, uh, you can find me, uh, I do all my work on uh, blizzpro.com. I'm the Diablo 3 site manager, but it's really 
Diablo site manager now. So I do all Diablo 3 work, all the immortal work, and if they have Diablo 2 come out, I'll have to uh, do all that. As well as uh, dreadscythe.com, which is my personal site. Uh, And I do, you can find me, the best spot is on Twitter, at dreadscythe. Yeah, and we know that we can find Nemo, a.k.a. the Scrappy Academy YouTube channel. I'll be linking all of these these channel links you can catch up with these guys in the description of this video so because you've been so entertained by them and so interested in what they had to say you can go check them out and say what's up in their latest piece of content and social media posts and whatnot but something that i think that we really have been noticing we've had quite a few veterans here of diablo 3 and the entire diablo franchise and an overwhelming thing that we're seeing is that they like the game they think that the game is really in the right position and they don't think it's just a crappy mobile game so being that we're getting some of the biggest ogs to the diablo franchise saying that it's good i think that we're gonna get all the people that are just like casual diablo players or people that have never experienced it i think that they are going to really be in for something sweet when they get diablo immortal in their hands which Hopefully we hear more at uh, BlizzCon Line in a few weeks. But for today, we're out of here. I want to thank all of you for your questions in the chat that fueled this podcast. It's what makes it great. And we're going to be back in two weeks. It's going to be Nemo, myself, and possibly another guest talking more, anything that we hear in those next two weeks. Remember, when the game does go into beta and we have it in our hands again, we'll come back to a weekly podcast. Until then, it'll be a bi-weekly thing on Sundays. Links to everything are down below. For you to follow but thank you guys for tuning in thank you guys my guests are my, my co-host and my guests for being here on the channel today it was uh, a lot of fun so thanks guys anytime Ted. anytime but later thanks. Th- thank you guys for sticking around we're out of here have a great day and be good <laughs>